Hello and welcome to episode number 39 of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Mark, we see, uh, we, we meet again. We meet again. Every week we meet here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And uh, yes, I've already eaten my Danish this morning <laughs> that you provided. So thank you very much. Yep. Today's uh, uh, treat is from uh, Bonjour Bakery. It's a French bakery, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> and it's a very sour... Tasty. Sour cherry Danish. Oh, it was cherry. Oh, yeah, it was good. And tell us about our coffee selection for today. Today's coffee selection is, uh, it's from my roasters pack. It is uh, Detour Coffee Roasters mm. out of Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, it's called Detour Dark. It is from Brazil and Colombia, the region of Mogiana and Julia. Um, the varietals are Colombia, Castillo, and Ketura, with tasting notes of dark chocolate, molasses, and roasted nuts. I haven't tried this yet, so. It's quite nice. Yeah. It's good. That one from last week was, was incredible. Yeah, yeah. This uh, one's nice and smooth, too, though. So. Yeah. It's a different. Okay. Also, also so, done pour-over Chemex. Yep. Um, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Put the word out. Tell people you like, people you hate. <laughs> yeah, people you hate. You got to listen to this podcast. I hate you. <laughs> exactly. Um, Is it any good? Yes. Despite my hatred for you, I'm recommending it anyways. <laughs> uh, nothing in the mailbag. Well, I shouldn't say that. I keep getting ads and solicitations, but nothing from actual readers yet. People Again. are checking out our Facebook. People book. are checking out our Facebook. And uh, download numbers are, are looking good. So, yeah, you know, attraction, attraction. Awesome. Uh, did you have a dad joke today? Oh, I did. The hell was, yes. Did you hear about the uh, two satellite dishes got married? No. The ceremony wasn't so good, but the reception was excellent. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> did you hear about the fish in the bow tie? No. He was quite sophisticated. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Boom, boom, boom. You need boom, your boom, drum boom. set here. Yeah, exactly. So today, um, what are two things you learned? I learned last week. Building on our <clears throat> uh, episode where we talked about cryptocurrency, I learned that Warren Buffett and his good friend Charlie Munger are not fans of cryptocurrency. Uh, and as you mentioned some of the things that we had seen in that video kind of reinforced by these guys. Uh, biggest problem, uh, like Warren Buffett said, it, it, it has no intrinsic value. So if your strategy for investing is merely that you will sell something to somebody else for more than you bought it for, that's probably not the best strategy. So, you know, pump and dump Ponzi scheme, you know, whatever, uh, uh, you want to categorize it at, but, uh, and Charlie Munger had even more harsher words for it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's going to prove to be the panacea that people expect it to be. Right. No, it's, um, it's exactly correct. And, um, I think that, I think that there's cryptocurrency sounds intriguing, sounds interesting, it sounds futuristic. Sounds futuristic. Ooh. Sounds uh, oh, you know, it's it's not real money. It's money that's in the cloud and all that stuff. And so there's some good things about it in terms of the concept, mm -hmm. but I think the execution is a real problem, and it basically yeah. sticks with all the problems that our our capitalist system has, right? And kind of enhances those problems. In some of them, yeah. And yeah. NFT is even worse. Yeah. And then the footprint, the energy footprint for this is, I just read, it's as big as the entire country of Norway. Yeah. Well, so well, this is not helping with the, the reduction of greenhouse gas. And Well, living in Alberta, I mean, you'll get these uh, people who will go and say like, oh, you know, like um, carbon taxes are bad and you shouldn't do this. And all this stuff, but cryptocurrency, yay! Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, well, wait a second. Well, I guess there's some ties to the sort of alt-right. They like cryptocurrency, you know, again, because it, it, I guess they perceive it allows them to disconnect from, you know, governments. And so anyways. Harder to trace. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's right. So anyhow, it continues. So Charlie Munger and, and uh, uh, Warren Buffett, not big fans. Interesting. So I learned that. Anything else? Yeah, I also learned that the Voyager 2 space probe, uh, which had been dormant for a couple of years, well, it's not dormant, but the communications with it have been, have been reestablished. And uh, there's, there's these three massive uh, radio telescopes on the planet, and they used to be able to triangulate, but now it's so far away that there's only one in Australia that can talk to it. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. And depending on, like, the only certain amount period of the day. Uh, so it's 11 billion miles away now. It's, it's left our solar system. And it's uh, it's the furthest, obviously the first object, but still operational because it's got a nuclear uh, uh, generator on it. And they've actually been shutting down instruments uh, a little bit at a time to try to prolong. prolong its, its life. So it's got cameras, but the cameras don't operate anymore. Right. right. So it takes 17 hours for them to send a signal to it. And it takes 17 hours for it to respond. So it's a 34 hour like round trip. But yeah, and I guess, unfortunately, it's going to think the nuclear uh, generator will run out of power. I think they said by 2024. Oh, wow. It will then just be, be cruising completely along dead. dead. Well, because it's yeah. not like it can use a solar Forever. array or anything like no, that. No, no. So that was kind of cool. Interesting. Um, thinking about space things. Um, so Mars Ingenuity, which is the air the helicopter right it uh, it's done quite well it's had a couple of close calls including a very recent close call <laughs> it uh, apparently oh. landed on uh, what looked like sandy dunes and then uh, and it's got these carbon fiber legs right and then they went right down oh <laughs> so <clears throat> so they almost got it stuck because uh <laughs> it be, they had to it, i mean it's a very thin atmosphere so it's really right. difficult it has to spin super fast in sure. order to be able to get any lift generated yeah and um and uh, it had to overcome the uh the the weight of being pulled down right by these legs that were stuck in the sand unbelievable so the, that was a week ago so all i can what... picture is asa has like some some 14 year old kid who flies the thing you know mm -hmm. some some radio control enthusiast teenager that they bring in and he's like Burr. no problem dude <laughs> well, I, and and you know the other thing that the other thing i learned this week so is um i don't know have you ever played wordle wordle yeah the word thing yeah yeah i've done i've done about a half a dozen of them i've done quite a lot i've actually yeah. been fairly successful the um i was looking up because there's all these theories about which is the best word to start with? I've heard it's slate. Well, I've heard lots of things. I've heard so there, there there's a and and so I'm a little skeptic about these theories sure, about what the sure. best word is. Yep. I've I've heard that crane is a good word. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, and rote r o a t e, which is a word you can use, even though I don't know what it means. Isn't it by rote like I as know, in like in when you a, do something. Yeah, like just like you memorize and, and not really thinking about it. It yeah. could be. I, yeah. I thought that was just R-O-T-E, but anyway. I don't know. So yeah. you say it's R-O-A-T-E? Yeah, it's a word that's acceptable in the Wordle dictionary. Rope. Apparently, uh, well, there's two Rope. things. It's your boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, the guy Wardle, who's the gay guy who wrote Wordle. Yeah. It's a play on his name. Um, he, he did this primarily for one person. It was That's what you're partner. saying. Like somebody he knows. It's his partner. Oh yeah. And, um, she wanted, uh, <laughs> so, so she's into these games. So he built the whole thing specifically That's for her. Amazing. And, uh, and it took off. Um, but so he looked up all the words in like dictionary.com or something you like that. You were saying, yeah. And there was like 13,000 and, and then he wanted to, uh, to narrow it down to, to the ones she knew. The ones she knew. So he got her to identify <clears throat> yeah. which one were common and not. But um, so, the, and apparently if you go into the code, you can see the list of words. Okay. All the words. All, so it doesn't help you solve it. No, because no, it's no. Just, cause it's randomized. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but here's the catch. So if you use a word like R-O-A-T-E, so it's got yeah. three vowels, so that's pretty good. And T yep. is pretty common, R is pretty common. The problem is 
So from a technical information basis, you can say, okay, that gives you a good opportunity for some hits. Right. So get some, you know, maybe yellow squares or green squares. Yeah, 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 yeah. But your brain doesn't quite work that way, right? Your brain is not a computer that sits there and goes like, okay, what kind of words can I possibly... Because you find patterns and you put patterns where they're not there. Sure. So unless you can get the starting letter... Right. It's it's really it's a lot harder to try and come up with the pattern. Now I you know I've, well, I don't know. Well, I, I've with the ones I've done, I, I don't know if it's called cheating, but I I will once I get like three letters or two even, and then I just write them down on a piece of paper, and then I just start uh, cycling through my mind. You know what what's the logical? You know is it A R or something? Eh. Well, maybe it could be a B unless it's, you know, but then there's some letters you just know aren't going to be the first letter, you know, well, the and second letter is an R. It's not going to be an I. Well, I guess it could be irate. Yeah, well, there you go. well, this I'm is, wrong. this is the thing is that there's <laughs> um, and there's a little trick. So this guy who did this video on uh, saying that crane was the word to start with and he's kind of revised and I can't remember what his new word is because he said he made a mistake. Oh, yeah. So one of the mistakes has got to do with, suppose you have a word that has two letters in it, two of the same letter. Right. So, um, um, I don't know, you, you used an example that had two E's in it. Now, if you, if you put a word in that has two E's, like speed. Okay. And uh, one letter is in the right spot, but the other letter is in the wrong spot. Like there's this this logic that comes into play. So if there's only one letter, it'll just show the first letter. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there is um if if there are two E's in the word, but one's in the right spot and one's in the wrong spot, the first one that's correct will be green and the one that's incorrect will be yellow. Oh so you gotta it you it's it kind of deceptive. It can be really right. deceptive. So anyway. Um, <laughs> so here's how I look at it. You get all these people who are spending, it seems, an inordinate amount of time trying to come up with an algorithm on a thing that is really meaningless. It's like, well, I mean, they, I've done some, they're fun. I don't, I'm not a big believer in posting your results because, no, you know, come on. But it's like, if you're that smart, why don't you see if you can solve, you know, the energy crisis or world hunger? It's in there. I got this great. This, this is like the people who try to prove that the world is flat with these amazing mathematical models. Now, a lot of those people are not all that smart, but again, it's just like you are spending a lot of time and energy. You know, go out and help an old person. When you think about the way Wordle is structured, <laughs> it is designed to prevent you from spending all your time. Because as soon as you solve it, you only get six cracks. Yeah. As soon as you solve it, you're done. You, you're done for 24 hours. Yeah. You well, cannot that's do, a good part of it. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you can't do another one. You have to wait. You think who bought it? Somebody bought it. New York Times. Yeah. They might remove that restriction, right? No, I don't think so. Anyhow, here's the thought I had too. This guy invents this for his partner and then sells it for a huge amount of money. The other day I brought my wife. A, Seven figures. Yeah. The other day I brought my wife a bagel and I was feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> So I know something I don't feel like I'm measuring up. This guy made a, a whole game for his Okay, buying his a bagel is not a seven. No, I didn't buy it. Thing. I brought it oh. from the kitchen to where she was. Oh. And I was like, look at me. I bought a bagel. <laughs> I brought you, a bagel. Bought you a bagel. This guy's creating a word game. Not quite the same. <laughs> um and uh, the last thing I learned this week was so this week um so I, I talked briefly about it in the last episode, but there's a bit more to it now. So um, there's a new camera that's come out. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this. It's called the OM-1. And, uh, you know, they, they described it as a wow camera. Ooh. Okay. I don't think I talked about this. Yeah, we did uh, last the, week. The wow part? Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, so yeah. the problem is it's uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. Describing it as a wow camera. Right. You can say, well, we got a new camera coming up. It's going to be a flagship. It's going to be this. It's going to be, it's going yeah, to be great. Yeah. But as soon as you start saying, wow, expectations sure. like go through the roof and you're basically never going to, even if it is a wow camera, you're just going to meet expectations. Right. 
Whereas if they if they kind of uh, you know downplayed it a bit, yeah, um, said it's going to be, and then it came out because it it's got some amazing stuff in it. And for me, particularly since it's a system that I use, I mean, I was considering possibly switching systems to a newer system. Oh yeah, um, because you know Olympic, I have so much gear though. So I was struggling with that. I have all the gear for Olympus. And if I were to switch, I'd kind of be starting from scratch. Right. So they're not compatible, like the lenses and whatnot? No, no. Oh, most, interesting. most camera manufacturers' lenses are it's not. It's proprietary, sure. Yeah. So yeah. you can get third-party lenses that are designed for that particular system. Right. But you can't, um, like, but you can't, put, still, you can't, you can't put a Nikon lens on a Canon. Right. They don't even turn the right direction. Say, or even the third-party lens is still only going to fit on one yeah. brand. Huh, interesting. And the big thing about the newer mirrorless cameras that have come out is their autofocuses have, autofocusing capability has just just gotten so amazing. Right, right. So um, the camera I have is a few years old, and it's kind of lagged behind in terms okay. of autofocus. And and right now, because of the way media is consumed, focus is king. Like you got, you focus gotta, is king. You gotta be. Don't in send us any fuzzy pictures. What what is that? Well, if you miss it by a little bit, it's, you may as well just throw it in the garbage. Grandma. Yeah. Undiscernible. Interesting marketing thing, like you mentioned, because uh, you've said this is a a professional grade it camera, is, yeah. so I could see the wow sort of thing if you're selling you know a camera to to the masses right although i think we talked about that too nowadays who's buying cameras everybody's like i got one on my phone but but the wow thing in a in a professional uh piece of equipment seems a bit weird well there have been cameras that have come out and have become wow but they're usually not they're not wow at the moment they're released it takes people a little while to figure out wow this is pretty cool wow is in the eye of the beholder well telling someone something is wow it doesn't it's it's not good drink this it's it's a wow drink yeah Eh, it's pretty good more like a meh (laughs) (laughs) you you really can only disappoint that's right. Um, or those those contrarian people who will go out of their way if you tell them it's great to be like, yeah, I've had better. Like this camera has come out. And so it's designed specifically because it's smaller. It's physically smaller. Okay. The lenses are smaller and the camera body in general is smaller. It's not okay. necessarily super, a lot lighter, but it is definitely smaller. Right. Uh, easier to manage. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's like full certified weather protected. Right, right. So, whereas a lot of them will say, of... we have some weather sealing. This has got like a, uh, like an, uh, an industrial um, classification called IP53, Ooh. which is better than the old standard that they were using, which was IPX. So, I mean, these you can pour under water. You can put it under pouring water and Holy it works. Smokes. And uh, which is quite remarkable. Yeah. So, for if you're traveling <laughs> and if you're if you're out in the bush in the backcountry or whatever, and you need something smaller, yeah, maybe more packable, um, this is the camera for that, and it does a lot of stuff that's just phenomenal. So that would have come in handy years and years ago. I took a photography class when I still lived on Vancouver Island, and I bought a secondhand SLR camera, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was having a lot of fun with it. And then we went up to Tofino and I dropped it in the ocean. And that was the end of that. <laughs> so a weatherproof would have been good. Yeah. Well, I, remember- I didn't drop it in the ocean for long. Like, and it wasn't deep. It was just, just enough that five seconds in this puddle of salt water and it was done. Well, I had, uh, I had an earlier generation of this camera um, that um, that was not super, it was weather sealed, but not, right. not to the level now. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was in, it was in Zurich and it was pouring and I'm going, oh, it's weather sealed, that'll be good. And it, and it worked for quite a while and all of a sudden it kind of, I couldn't turn it off. I had to rem- remove the battery oh, in order yeah. to turn That's it off. not a good sign. Not, not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, it still worked. It took great photos, even though it was soaked, but I, I couldn't turn it off without removing the battery and then <laughs> closing it up and it was off. Um, I, drying it out and it started working fine again. Oh, okay. But well, I have, so it might have just been some humidity in it. But I took a, the substantially more 
weather sealed version of this up uh, on a three day, four day a backcountry hike and, right. and it rained and I didn't have cover for it. I didn't have a, I wasn't even using a bag for it and uh, it was awesome. No problem. Huh, no problem. Uh, anyway, so, um, and the reason I mentioned this is because, so Panasonic and Olympus both make a brand that, that is interchangeable. So those, that's the only two brands you can actually take the lens from one and put oh, it on the other. Oh, interesting. They did this consortium called the Micro Four Thirds Consortium and they basically created a standard, a joint standard. Sure. And there's, a, there's about 30 other companies that have signed up for this oh, okay. standard. That's interesting. And... Um, uh, Panasonic is also releasing a brand new flagship camera that is coming out next week and all the specs have re been released. And so the way it works is Olympus tends to be more photography emphasized okay. or the emphasis is on photography um, and stills, although now it's quite video capable. Mm. And um, the G86 from Panasonic is hugely video centric although it's very capable at doing the stills right <clears throat> um it, i mean it's it, i mean these are two phenomenal cameras they cool a lot of video um you know vloggers and uh yeah yeah they'll use the gh5 which is the precursor to this because okay. it's just such a phenomenal product huh interesting anyway anyway so that's something i learned probably go. Spent so we're going to talk about the concept corporate of core values. Value. Core values. Core values. Oh, not corporate values. No, core values. Core values. Okay. So core values basically, now there's a bunch of, so core values represents what is important to you. Yes. And uh, in a company, um, they're really helpful because yes. corporate core values can help define um, your corporate culture. Absolutely. Um, so they'll identify what works and what's offside. Yep. And uh, and uh, now the problem is that a lot of organizations, they'll know that they have to come up with a vision, mission statement <laughs> and some core values. And they'll do it like for lip service. I mean, I remember Absolutely. we worked for this former company and oh yes i remember uh it's it's mission was what to uh to serve our people to serve it was like to serve, serve our clients serve our clients and look after our people reward our people reward or something people. Like that. It, yeah. it sounded like it could have been too we used to jo joke about that yeah yeah now i did a core values exercise for your company that you just retired from yeah and it was a pretty torturous couple of days as i recall you know that yeah. was a different we didn't just come up with it uh off the top of our head right we hammered it out and i think we did at the end a pretty good job but yeah i think uh so there there's a couple of issues with core values so from a marketing perspective some people in marketing love them because it kind of shows how wonderful you yes. are yes the problem is is that uh some some management types will often think that that's all they are is, is, <laughs> is marketing. marketing and it's right. really not that important. Yes. Um, for me, um, and I have to say when I first started hearing about core values, I thought they were kind of airy fairy. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, we worked with this management consultant team and, um, they were amazing and they helped us develop our core values. And they said that there was a couple of things that they really identified. It's got to be, it's got to be correct. It's got to be, you got to have like just few of them, five or less. Yep. It's got to be short and to the point. Right. And it's got to be understandable and reinforced. Yes. So the big thing is the reinforced. So we started doing this. So we came up with our core values. Um, I think they were mostly good. We ended up tweaking it a little bit later because we discovered one wasn't really a core value. It was more mm. of a an aspiration. Sure. And um, But we did these core value stories. So every time we had a meeting, at the start of the meeting, we would have people identify core value stories. So uh, and it, you would have to identify somebody else. And it couldn't be yourself. Right that had done something that exemplified that, one of the core values. Yeah. That's and, a great idea. Oh my God. It was like, it was like the secret sauce. Right. And, um, it motivated people and two things happened. So the people that bought into it, mm -hmm. absolutely bought into it. And the people that didn't left. 
Right. Which is exactly what you want. And um, because, yeah, so, it, and it was, I mean, it wasn't, this wasn't an instantaneous thing. It definitely took some time, yep. but it reinforced. Now, when we merged with an, another company that said that ostensibly they had the same core values. Sure. First of all, they didn't have the same core values. <laughs> they were similar, but they were not the same. Right. Oh, it's very specific. There were some language issues. They yes. were a French company and we were an English company. And uh, their, um, um, one of our core values didn't translate particularly well from English that. and French. Yeah. French because yeah. Uh, because um, the word trust in English is a pretty loaded, heavy word. Right. A lot of meaning, a lot of very specific meaning. That word doesn't exist in the same way in French. That's right. I mean, a trust is like a financial instrument, or you can have other words that are similar, but they're not the same, like confiance. Yeah, which means confidence. confidence. Which is different. Which Absolutely. Which is different than trust. Yes. And um, yeah. so, it, uh, so some of the language was part of it, but the other part of it was this reinforcement thing. And right. And I also think that there was, I mean, in our case, there was a senior manager who didn't really buy into this. He said, at the end of the day, we're all, you know, who cares about these core values? We know what we're going to do anyway. And I'm going like, <laughs> no, the core values should really be the thing defining it the other way around. Absolutely. At the well, end of the day, it should be your core values, not what an individual is thinking. Because that's right. if you don't you're not sharing them then they're not really a core value well so yeah when i've done core values work it's always been first of all totally right i agree with you it has to come from the top down even though we often talk about management not necessarily wanting to be top down but if the if the people at the top don't buy in then it's, it's just it's, it's just a waste of time. garbage right the other thing and, and we'll often test this is you know if circumstances changed would you change that value and if the answer is well sure <laughs> you know it's like no it's not your core value because your core values should be basically unchanging it's the stuff that that you know you really hold uh value to and right. and, and so if it's like yeah no they're you know <laughs> if if the market shifted well, well we'll go somewhere else it's like no that's not that's not a core value then it might be aspirational or it might be part of your strategy like, so for instance, innovation, a lot of companies say, oh, innovation's our core value. And eh, not really. It's, it's a strategy because it makes sense now. Uh, honesty is a core value, right? Yeah. Like we said, well, there's never an, a, a circumstance where we would knowingly be deceptive. Right. Ah, okay. That, that makes sense. Um, very fun thing. Just timing wise, I had a great conversation yesterday with a, a consultant out of Calgary and uh, she's a marketing specialists and her her niche is personal brand corporate brand so it's like well what's that about and it was it was all about values and so she had lots of stories of and i guess this is big in the in the, in the more millennial business owners you know because I, like i was saying to her a lot of my clients have been older people they don't buy into it at all right so it's almost like that's just wish you know wishy-washy stuff she's saying a lot of these more Younger companies, I guess they've been indoctrinated to believe that it's important, but they don't really live them. So they're like, our core value is we look after our people. She was giving me examples of a place she worked, and she's like, they don't look after their people. <laughs> and yet they're constantly going on about how we look after that's our people. our people. But then their behavior is completely mm, contrary. So our argument was because values are are not, they're your own, right? Right. So she was saying, you know what, if, if you're, if you got a company and your values are not work-life balance and all that, you just don't believe that our values are competition and, 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 you know, working like crazy hours and making a pile of money. She's like, just be explicit because you will find people who, who live those who core values. Be like, sign me up. Right. But the problem is when you, you advertise these things you think people want to hear then you got people come in and then they realize, Hey, wait a minute, you know, like I'm working 80 hours a week here and you know, I, I need to go and do something and you're telling me I can't go completely. It's just deceptive. Well, and it's one like, of the yeah. things when we identified when it was, whenever we had problems with an employee, it almost always boiled down to a core value that they 
either didn't believe in or couldn't believe in or couldn't function with. Right. And uh, I would say the other thing that I learned in that whole experience, and, you know, I'm not against my the company that purchased it. I mean, they, they did lots of things, and it's a good company. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's just um, core values, I think. They're is not this, a sponsor. But... They are not a sponsor. <laughs> we have lots of companies that are not sponsored. Um, but, but I think... I think it also informed me a couple of things that there was one core value that I had that uh, I didn't realize that Ooh, we had. Right. And that had to do with uh, the concept of transparency. So for I remember me, this. I was, yes. uh, I realized that when I was doing stuff, I was very transparent about what I was doing. So right. if you wanted to know what was going on, just ask me and I would tell you. Yeah. Um, um, so I was very transparent about that. If people wanted to know how the financials were, I, I'd be more than willing to share a lot of that sure. information, um, because I thought that was just useful. I mean, when you're in a big company, there can be this sense of security, but the right. security is because you don't know what's really going on. Right. Yeah. And exactly. uh, in a smaller company, you can, you, you know, the, the senior managers are there. So you, you can, one of the things you can leverage is that if you're transparent about it, People will see what's coming way before sure. they will in a big organization. Yeah. You know, when when a third of their workforce is cut due to economic times, right. and uh, well, you'll, and you'll are, see that in a people smart. are not dumb. So, to your point, yeah, if you're working in a massive company, there's probably enough diffusion that you don't see it. But as soon as you're in a small company, even if things aren't said, you'll figure it can out. Just pick up on on. The energy, the body language, stuff that's going on. You know, we hear about that all the time. Hey, there's all these closed door meetings, right? Yeah. And as we know, people tend to fill in the blanks and it's not usually... It's always negative. Oh, I guess we're all getting raises. You know, that's never what happens. It's yeah. like, oh, we're all going to be laid off, right? Well, sometimes so, it happens, but pretty rarely. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, yeah, no, that's fascinating. Um, and so, <laughs> so with my photography business, I spent some time trying to come up with my own core values for photography and um it's not quite right for right, right for prime time but it's getting there is focus one of them <laughs> hey no that's we will print no idea. pictures that are out of focus, out of focus. <laughs> no so we have a wow camera and it <laughs> just takes care of itself exactly um so so uh i so, suppose doing no no you're not doing boudoir photography no it's not going to fit into your core no. values <laughs> well we want to see that nipple hair no. <laughs> <laughs> um i do think that uh i do think the other thing is that a lot of times your personal values and, and people have personal values even though they probably don't sit down and go through and develop them and figure out what they are absolutely are really useful to identify if they align with a company's core values. So if you have a company that actually lives and breathes the, their particular yep. core values, um, it's sometimes really useful to see if your core values actually what they are. So if you you can look and compare the lists. Absolutely. Because um, one of the Absolutely. other thing that was really apparent too was, um, well, we developed this uh, these core values. And one of the core values we did under Sintra was this company uh, core value of trust is paramount sure uh, and that was the idea was that i needed to be trustworthy people needed to be able to trust me what i said uh, my staff needed to trust me i needed to trust my staff right I clients like trust everywhere you know yeah believe and what i figured out later on was that was a lot about me mm. so you know that was definitely one of my core values sure i have this desire to be trusted right and uh and it is important to me as a person that you trust me right and um if you don't trust me uh i find that very in infuriating right <laughs> because uh why what have i done to make myself untrustworthy right good point and um now, could be you know maybe they're carrying some residual trauma from yeah. previous relationships. No, no, I understand that, but, <laughs> but that's, so, so, uh, so I think, uh, you know, I think it would be a good exercise for us to go through and try and figure out what our podcasts. Oh, that's a good idea. I, I have my list of values. I, I've gone through that exercise. I don't remember them off the top of my head right now, but, uh, 
but yeah, it's a good exercise to do. Yeah, I think I'll try and work on um, my personal core values as well as, and yeah. then maybe we'll try and come up with something for a future episode. Sure. So one of the things that I found is, and it's hard, right? Like it requires courage. So we have a tool when I work with companies, we'll try to get them to create their values list. But then we go one step further and we'll say, we want, I want you to evaluate all of your employees on this core values list. And, you know, and that's like why you said you can't have 15 of these things, you know, like really hammer them down to be like five. And my recommendation is usually if people are not a fit, you know, you got to get, you got to let them go. But the number of clients of, of, of business owners or managers who are like, like they'll go through it. And they go, but, but and Jimmy suddenly, makes so much money. Somebody for starts me. scoring low and then you can see them try to wiggle out of it. And they'll ask like, well, like what's a, what's an acceptable score, you know, like three out of five. And I'll, I'm like, well, you tell me like, if these are really important values, which of these values are you willing to accept? Like you have like trustworthiness on there, you know, or, or uh, uh, customer service, like, which of these values are you willing to on a regular basis from a particular person, accept that they're not going to live that. Mm-hmm. And when they think about it, it's usually this sort of sheepish, well, none of them. It's like, aha, you know, so like, there's your answer. But it's not, it's not easy. Uh, the conversation yesterday with this consultant, she was talking about the other trend is companies don't plan very well for human resource requirements. And then mm. it's like, they're slammed. And then it becomes like, well, let's hire the person, you know, who's least, who's least l- lousy, right? Like there's nobody good in our, that we've interviewed but we need to fill the position like right away. So let's compromise on the least objectionable. Oh, wow. And you see that a lot of times, right? So again, you know, uh, I've read from, from several, you know, really successful CEOs will say, you know, it'd be better off to muddle through and, and find the right person, even if it takes longer than to in a panic, go like, eh, they're kind of close and, you know, they're a liar, but eh, we'll fix it. Doesn't work. Exactly. No, I, I think it's totally correct. Well, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's see if we can hammer out and, and share the core values of the Connect2 podcast. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, Snacks. Definitely that, one of them. That's, <laughs> well, I mean, and part of this was um, I went through this exercise. So I'm on a governance board for a local um, uh, sports and recreation facility. Right. That's run You've been at it for a long time now. Over over 20 years i've been involved with that and um the facility opened in june of 2011 mm-hmm. so it's like 11 years mm-hmm. old um we had lots of problems oh so what was really interesting was when we were building it everybody was unified we we're going to a common purpose common goal and did really well Right. Um, then we built, then it had to switch from being like a aspirational. We needed this place built to being a, we need to operate it. And we didn't have a vision for what it was going to look like once it was operating. Right. And, um, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting and, um, some of it not particularly healthy either. I mean, it's one thing to have disagreements. It's another thing to be fighting. Right. And um Some personalized conflict oh, and versus was, oh I had I had constructive a, conflict. I had a gentleman who uh told me and two other people who were so we we're from the volunteer side okay. of this and, and uh he basically said we had failed our sports and um because he wasn't getting what he wanted, so he took this extreme position and uh, said we had failed our sports and i thought about it for a while and <laughs> i know one of uh, one of my colleagues was particularly hurt by that comment he'd right. been working for so long uh for his sport and uh, and then the next time i saw the gentleman who had made the comment i said you know here's the deal you haven't seen me play volleyball which is my sport um i said if you'd seen me play volleyball then maybe you could accuse me of failing my sport, but you haven't seen me playing volleyball. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, he said, "How do you know?" I, or anyway, it was it was it was a. Uh, how do you know I hadn't seen you? It, but I knew he hadn't seen me. So. Anyway, it. Um, but it. Uh, Witty retort. But here's the deal. <laughs> One of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is it created this sense of urgency and a need for 
for the for the collective group to figure out how to manage right. the facility and the financial requirements in yep. a very difficult time mm -hmm. and boy did they ever step up to the plate and a lot of the um differences melted away there's right. still definitely some sure. differences um and but we just went through a process of working with the facilita facilitators through the government of alberta they offer a facilitation service for, right um and um they have uh it was quite a remarkable process because it was really quite positive mm -hmm. and it's quite clear that we need to sit down and kind of come up with our values right. and our vision and mission and to have an aspirational goal of where to go because um, because um, that really changed the dynamic and people that were at loggerheads before were all of a sudden working together. Right. Yeah. When I teach uh, uh, strategy and, and management, we always talk about that, right? You need that or group dynamics. If you have that, first of all, values becomes a, a touch point, yeah. right? You can build as long as you exit the people who don't, fit or they self-exit themselves. But once you got the right group, um, that's a touch point we can all agree on. And then that unifying purpose thing, whether it be a mission or a vision or they're all somewhat similar. It's like they're related, like, yeah. And it, it allows them to push through conflict because conflict's gonna happen. But once you've got, hey, I value this outcome that we've talked about and so do you, you know, it just builds that commonality and uh it, without that then it just devolves into silly well, silly stuff sometimes well, if you right? have something and you're trying to figure out if it fits within the context of of your organization whether it's uh whatever it is right um all you need to do is and you can't figure it out you just fall back on the core values and say does it what does this fall in what we're exactly. going to do does it fall in with our core values yeah. and if it doesn't then you shouldn't do it yeah and core values should never be about money i mean they're <laughs> not specifically about money. Like, we've no. got to make money. No, no, that's not that's not a core value. I've had a lot of clients when we've gone through the values exercise. Well, early 2 on, return. They say profitability. And again, yeah, exactly yeah, the same argument. That's not that's an outcome of successful business, right? Yeah. That's not <laughs> now longevity could maybe fit into that. Say, so, well, we want to build something that is going to, you know, transcend the current generation. Okay, that I could see. Yeah, I could see. But but just profitability is like, no, no. that's not sorry yeah. value. Anyway, interesting stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I th I thought that would be good to yeah. talk about and uh um anyway, so let's uh let's try and see what we could do in terms sure. of coming up with our own core values for the podcast. Great idea. Uh what kind of media are you consuming? Media that I'm consuming. I found a new YouTuber I like, a guy named Nicholas Crown. And uh, let me just see. It's mostly on those YouTube shorts. And oh, he's, really? he's another one of these guys who uh, does like the split screen character thing. But his whole shtick is uh, how a rich person reacts or behaves uh, as opposed to a really rich person. And it's kind of funny, right? So he plays like the, the, the guy who is trying to impress people or talking down, you know, to the Uber driver who's like a millionaire and then he'll play this obviously billionaire who is like you know kind and just like above it all right it's very he's got a whole series of these and it's always that same scenario same right it's very cool like you know yelling at the valet for not being fast and the other guy the billionaire comes along and is like hey i can see you you know you're busy dude uh, I parked it around the back, you know, but here's a hundred bucks. Like, I don't want you to think I'm cutting in on your action. Right. It's just <laughs> very, so yeah, Nicholas crown, uh, funny, funny stuff. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, I watched some of the Olympics. Oh yeah. And we just, uh, so when we're recording this, um, women's team, the just... women's uh, gold medal just got won by the Canadians. Right on. It was pretty much an nail biter. I was listening to it on the yeah. radio and, uh, you know, the Americans brought it within one, but only had 12 seconds right. left. So, it and was... I heard when, when the Canadians won all the trucks running there and then they all drove away. <laughs> it was oh, a miracle, a miracle on ice. Exactly. That's not true. No. It's too bad. 
Well, and I have to say that a lot of the media I've been consuming lately has been a little bit of doom scrolling related oh, to this freedom convoy. Man. It's just, I, yeah, I, and 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 uh, to some extent, the Olympics is kind of for me like the flag represents the entire country, something the entire country can cheer for. Absolutely. And what really dismays me with with uh, this freedom convoy, and for me. It, and also created a bit of perspective for stuff in the States was um, that, uh, you know, they've used the Canadian flag to, 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 they've wrapped themselves in the Canadian flag, but they don't represent the majority of Canadians. So it's a real right. problem. Are you going to be pissed off and shout, shout terrible things at people who are flying the flag? And what if they're flying the flag because they want to support the Canadian women's team? Yeah. Or, oh, or, I know. I've had a few people say, I feel like uh, feel like a split personality. Yeah, I don't want to be taken, you know, to be supporting that movement, and yet, so it's almost like they've taken the flag away from people in exactly. some respects, and that's got some people pretty agitated. And you think about that in a different context. Uh, I mean, the one thing that has always been very present is in American politics is that everybody regardless of political stripe wraps themselves up in the american flag yeah exactly and that becomes a bit of a problem if it's not including everybody in that that's right, right. so if you're you know it doesn't matter if you're Which, a of course, republican it's or democrat not, i know right? but if you it doesn't matter if you're a republican or a democrat in the states or whatever political stripe you are as soon as you start wrapping yourself up in the f flag you kind of uh uh, weaponize the flag against everybody else well you know it's that's such an interesting comment immediately it brings me back to our the discussion we just had about core values because what you see happening is the i like it becomes these fetish idols yeah right and so you see it all the time right the constitution and it's not quite as bad here in canada but obviously with this movement where you know we have the potential to trend that way but they'll they'll stand totally or like the national anthem, you know, and they get all agitated about people kneeling during the national anthem. These are all just idols, symbols. The values are really what people should be, you'd think. Exactly. Standing behind, right? And they don't. It's like, in fact, one of the funny things is people get all agitated about disrespecting the flag. I guess in their constitution or somewhere, you're not supposed to wear the flag as in a piece of clothing. Right. And yet there's all of these... American, American flag bikinis exactly. and shorts and sweatpants and, you know, so it's just, it's a bizarre disconnect where it's like, you know, but if it was values based, go back to what are the actual intangible ideas as opposed to a piece of paper or a symbol or, you know. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. uh, I mean, I've said it before, People like basic, a lot of times you live in a city and they'll have a sports team that you're really a fan <laughs> yeah. of. Um, and, uh, and, uh, but, you know. Bunch of guys who aren't from here. They aren't from here. <laughs> they're from somewhere else. So yeah. you really, you're just cheering for the laundry, which is their, their <laughs> exactly. jersey, right? Like right. I am, a, you know, and because all of a sudden that, player who you're a huge fan of because he wears your team's laundry goes to another team That's and right. you hate him now exactly. you hate him even though he's the same guy he's just That's on a right. different team and uh, it, i've i've always thought they get traded and you know from their perspective the next day they're playing just as hard for this for new, the team, new team yeah. right? i'm just happy to be here. i'm just happy to be here gonna do the best i can i'm for, just here so i don't get the organization <laughs> Yeah, you never hear a guy going, that's it, I'm out. They're yeah, trading me. I they're quit. trading me. I'm not going to that yeah, place. I'm getting a job. Well, there are In my home, in the town that I like, I'll be at Tim Hortons. You can come, I'll get you a coffee. Well, except, except you do see that a little bit in some of the American uh, players playing in the NBA because there are teams that, that they will pick because they yeah. live there. Right? And uh, so that, that, so like, uh, well, like uh, in LA the American Clippers context, and, I could see that being a little bit. You know, so you're, let's say, from the coast and you wind up getting traded to some rural city in the middle of white, white land America. You might be going like, ah, I don't know if I want to move to exactly. Denver or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Anyways. So anyway, it, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. 
anyway, so so I, I so the Olympics totally Love Olympics. Uh, you know, and I, I do like it. Uh, I find it a little bit harder to watch. The timing and the access is a bit different than yeah. it was previously. Yeah, but um, but anyway, that's, anyhow, that's um, Doctor Strange is coming out. I heard. I saw the. Uh, people are analyzing that trailer oh in man. 8k oh and they're going through like everything like uh, they're going through like minuscule detail and going like oh, i think i see a picture of deadpool which i think is awesome because that's what being a fan's about yeah right so we know uh charles xavier's in it yeah they thought tom cruise might be playing a, a version a but version. now apparently somebody this morning i just saw it's actually the guy that played Kang the Conqueror, or it's a version of Kang in in the armor. Okay. Because when you in 8K you zoom in, it's clearly an African American actor. It's like, well, it's not Tom Cruise, right? They're hoping that Krasinski might be in it as uh, Reed Richards or a variant, right? Yeah. So it's going to be another one of these where people are just going to be. Well, hopefully, I mean, they don't leak it, and so when people go see it, it'll be like, wow. I was. Uh... I had remembered, like with No Way Home, there was versions of that with, right. and uh, but when I went and saw it, I you know I had heard that there were possibilities right. long in advance, but it was great. Nobody like exactly. I, I kind of avoided the reviews on purpose. That's what and, you want, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was way better than I expected. Hey, it yeah. goes back to that wow camera. There you go. Don't call it, Don't a, wow call it a wow movie. Movie. Just say it's it's a movie. Let people experience it. It's got the multiverse yeah. of madness, and you know it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But uh, and then you have the opportunity to wow people. Exactly. So uh, the Batman's opening up first, so I'm oh, excited right. about that. And uh, I was going to say something, too, about multiverse of... I can't remember now. Oh, well. It'll come back to me as soon as we shut down the <laughs> recording. We should uh, probably shut down shut the it recording. Down. This Where is we at one now? of our longest ever. We're at 52 minutes. All right. Well. We've got a break. We're going to be done before an hour. Yeah. So we will uh, please uh, check out the webpage, yeah. the Facebook page. Facebook page. Send us some... Rate, review, feedback and subscribe. if you want uh, and you know it would be great if there's something that you want to hear us talk about send us a quick hey why don't you guys talk about this this and, uh, and we'll, we we'll research will. it and we'll figure it out yeah research it sure <laughs> <laughs> no no absolutely absolutely <laughs> it's one of our core values <laughs> no bs on the connect to podcast no. okay uh have a great week you too mark take care bye okay bye yeah.